Thank you, David. Uh, your pastor, I count as a good friend and a gracious friend, and I appreciate him so very much and for what he has done here in the last four years at Adna Church. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the letter to the Hebrews, the 12th chapter, the first two verses. If you know anything about Bible study, particularly study of the works of the Apostle Paul, it will not surprise you that these two verses are one sentence because Paul did that a lot. But they are familiar words. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us set aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. The pastor came in one Sunday and he saw this lady sitting at the end of one of the pews she was well she was dirty her clothing was torn in places she didn't smell very good as he got closer he looked at her and he realized that she was one of the bag ladies that he occasionally saw on the street with a shopping cart and all her belongings in the world in that shopping cart. He greeted her, shook her hand, and she said, Pastor, I want to join your church. And he didn't think very long. He said, well, we have a rigorous training program for members of the church. And the first step in that is you need to think very carefully about it and then undergo membership training. Uh, we need to have you visit a few more times before you join the church. Well, the next Sunday she was there in the same place, and the Sunday after that she was there in the same place, and the Sunday after that she said, Pastor, I'm ready to join your church. And the pastor was thinking to himself, you know, she really wouldn't fit into this church. She's not really our kind of people. Uh, so he said, well, you know there are membership obligations that you probably wouldn't be able to meet, and we wouldn't want to embarrass you by putting those obligations on you. I think you need to go and to think a little more about it and pray about it. The next Sunday she was there in the pew. The Sunday after that she was there in the pew. The Sunday after that... The pastor greeted her and said, because the pastor was feeling guilty, 
He came up to her and he said, Well, I guess it's time for you to join our church. And that's probably the tone he said it in. And she smiled and she said, No, Pastor, don't worry about it. I don't want to join your church. He says, Why not? He says, Well, I took your advice and I prayed about it. I talked to Jesus about it. And he said, what did Jesus say? Jesus told me not to worry about joining your church because he's been trying to get into that church for years and hasn't been <laughs> successful. Once again, I'm glad and honored to be asked to preach at Adna this time for your homecoming service. Now... Of course, I know that Adna doesn't have too many former pastors that are still preaching or still living, but I am honored to be asked. Uh, I know you did have other choices, and I appreciate the invitation. It goes without saying that my eight years here as pastor contributed in a large measure to... Judy and myself deciding to make Rock Hill and York County our, our retirement home. Of course, I didn't stay retired very long. Only a year. One thing I have learned is never say never. Because for most of my 40-year career, I told everybody who would listen that when I retired, I would never accept a supply appointment. When I retired, I was going to be retired. Uh, but then Riverview Church in Fort Mill came calling. Presbyterian Church. They're without a pastor. And I agreed to fill in for them, fill their pulpit for a few months. Now, I have to admit it's a bit strange to preach in a church of another denomination, even though the Presbyterians basically educated me. I went to two Presbyterian uh, seminaries. But I quickly found in our congregation at Riverview that there are a few former Methodist and there are a few former Baptist and there are a few former Catholics and a few former Episcopalians so it's kind of a, a it's kind of a multi-denominational congregation you might remember the story of the man who was lost at sea and he washed up on a deserted island just himself and he was on that deserted island for two years. But finally a ship came by and saw his fire and rescued him. And when the people from the ship came ashore, they found the man and there were three huts that he had built. And they said, what are these huts? And the man said, well, the first one there is where I live. And the second one there is where I go to church. And they said, what about the third hut? And he said, well, that was where I went to church before I got mad.
I'm glad to be back at ADNA, and I appreciate your presence here today. I know it represents not just support for one preacher, but it represents your love for your church as it celebrates its heritage on homecoming day. And ADNA indeed has a long and distinguished history, heritage of service and ministry to the South Carolina Conference and to this community. But as I look out upon this congregation, and I also appreciate the great numbers we have here today. As I look out upon this congregation, I can't help but notice those empty chairs. Or more accurately, those empty pew spaces. Now, during my eight years here, we had to say goodbye to several longtime ADNA members, not too many in that eight years. But there are some chairs that weren't empty when I was here or when I left. Louise Jones' seat is empty. But she's up there now trying to get Howard off that lawnmower as he is mowing the heavenly law. Robert Horn over there isn't in his pew anymore. Robert's up there and Miss Ruth is telling him what he can and can't and should and shouldn't eat. Janice Tucker isn't in her place there in the back. Janice had a difficult life in some ways, but she was a fine lady. Ray Becknell isn't in his place back there. Ray, I couldn't tell much about Ray's facial expressions, but he was perhaps the most honest member we had. If he didn't like something or someone, he'd tell you. And I know Jackie and Robin miss him. Joe Nichols wasn't a member here very long because she was sick when she joined, but she loved this cong congregation. George Pearson. George Pearson had such a great life, didn't he? The Air Force in Alaska freezing his Air Force off. Walking a mail route in Rock Hill and becoming a fixture here at Adna Church. Dot Jackson's smile isn't coming from that back pew anymore. She's up in heaven now and Jean couldn't wait to get to her. Grady Jones is no doubt picking and grinning. In between fixing the plumbing there in the heavenly mansion. <laughs> Diane Marion Proles, I think probably is liking her new home as much or better 
than she loved her home in New Jersey. Karen Penrod isn't suffering anymore. There's no jaundice and there's no cancer. And she is young and youthful again. Deanna McDaniel is waiting to be reunited with Mr. Lewis, but I hope that's a long time. When Deanna got up there, Mr. Lewis, I think probably the Lord asked if she would fry fish. And she said no, she was retired. And Don Gordon. Don's up there with Grady plotting something. <laughs> it involves music. But he is up there and probably is getting with Grady to throw a haint into somebody. But I know Lucille and Cherie and Chris and Sonny miss him every day. And I know Adna does too. I know if I've left out anyone, it hasn't been intentional. I know some of you have lost family members and friends who may not have been actual members at Adna. Beth, I always appreciated it when Gene Howe visited with us. I always ask him to pray. That voice. If the Lord didn't pay attention to that voice, uh, he was mistaken. Gene was a fine, fine fellow. And there are some empty places here that were once filled by folks who are still with us, but who are homebound, who are no longer able to attend. But the thing we need to remember today on this 2015 homecoming when the emphasis is really on happy things is that the folks who occupied those empty chairs are now singing God's praises among that great cloud of witnesses. And I believe that somehow through that mysterious working of God's Holy Spirit they are in a sense here with us today. Because even though we can no longer hear their voices those empty chairs those empty pew spaces are calling out to us. They're speaking to us. And they're telling us some things we need to know. They tell us, first of all, that we are to run with perseverance the race that is life itself. That's what Paul said. Run with perseverance the race that is before you.
And when Paul wrote at the end of his, near the end of his life to the young preacher Timothy, he says, I have finished the race. I finished the course. I'm now ready for my reward. Life can be a race. And it's okay to view life as a race, as a contest. But don't view it as a race and a contest against someone else. View it as a race in which you yourselves are striving to win. That you yourself are striving to finish. And to finish honorably. And to finish faithfully. Those empty chairs tell us that we are to run with perseverance that race. That we are to not give up. Those empty chairs tell us something else. They tell us that our motivation for discipleship should not be earthly gain. You know, all of those names I called, they weren't wealthy people in terms of, as far as I know, in terms of earthly wealth. That was not their motivation for being great family people. That was not their motivation for being committed to their community and civic affairs. That was not their motivation for being committed to the church and to Jesus Christ. Not financial gain. Not earthly reward. The highest level of ethics motivated them. To do it because God intended us to do it. God wants us to do it. And God rewards us for doing it. Not earthly gain. Those empty chairs tell us, thirdly, that we the living owe a great debt to those great cloud of witnesses that have gone before. Clyde Mitchell's maybe one of the few people in this congregation I could get away with insulting like that. Because I've done it before. He says he's not through yet. <laughs> but those folks I named who are now among that cloud of witnesses did in large measure ensure our setting here today, ensure our worship here today, and ensure the future of Adna from today. We owe a great debt to those who went before. We owe a great debt to those cloud of witnesses who, through the Holy Spirit, are really with us are really with us whenever we engage in a new and exciting ministry or whenever we engage in an old and familiar ministry. Whenever we lift up Adna Church to the community or to the world, those cloud of witnesses are there. And the empty chairs remind us that we owe a great debt to them 
And finally, those empty chairs remind us that there is ultimately a heavenly reward. Life eternal. But you know, they remind us that there's not just one interpretation of what life eternal is. Life eternal for you might be visions of streets of gold, columns of alabaster, and gates of pearl. For someone else, life eternal might be simply being remembered and venerated by those you leave behind and by your posterity. For some, life eternal means simply merging back into the life spirit of God who gave us. There are many different interpretations. But that great cloud of witnesses tell us and those empty chairs remind us that there is laid up for us, as Paul wrote, a crown of life, eternal life. You know, as time goes on, there are going to be more empty pews, pew spaces, more empty chairs. There will be spaces where we once sat. Hopefully that day will be a long time coming for all of you and for me. But when it does come, I can guarantee you there will be a new current group of disciples here at Adna learning the lessons of the empty chairs and as we will be among the great cloud of witnesses, as we will be literally singing and praising God, we will also be praising and singing those who are new into deeper commitments of discipleship. Deeper commitments to Jesus Christ. Deeper commitment to a fuller life and a fuller lifestyle. On homecoming day, our thoughts go in many directions. We tend to focus on the past. Oh, every time I come back to Adna, if I talk to enough people long enough, I'll get a story about the old white church across the road. Someone will mention those chicken barbecues. But while we are to remember the past, and we're to learn from the past, and we are to give thanks for the past, we are first and foremost called to look forward and to embrace the fact that that great cloud of witnesses and those empty chairs are telling us to fill these pews up again and to make many and many and many more disciples for Jesus Christ. Grateful for your invitation and truly thankful for the time I had here as your pastor. I offer these thoughts.
about the great cloud of witnesses and the empty chairs on this homecoming day. And I offer them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.